It's time for Gadget Talk, the monthly creative show brought to you by the Geocache Talk Geocaching Network. If you are watching live, you can be part of the adventure tonight. Please join us in the chat room and participate with others as they watch the show. The link to the chat room is on the geocachetalk.com front page. If you are listening later, please give it a like and subscribe to us on YouTube, Facebook, or Twitch, or wherever you're listening to us on. If you would like to become a patron, go to the Become a Patron link right here on the geocachetalk.com website. And you can just go ahead and click it. And let's see here. Hey, there's more details right there. And it all starts off your membership at $3 a month, $5, and $8. And if you'd like to become a patron, you can also go to patreon.com backslash geocachetalk for more details. Patrons now get the... Blackout, famous blackout coin. So you know what, guys? Go and become a patron if you're not. And if you are, thank you very much. And now let's get to our sponsor for tonight's show. It is Logwork. Logwork, the creators of the fantastic logbook made with genuine write-in-the-rain paper. The logbook's designed for the micro-containers of the present and future, geared towards the hider who would rather go caching than doing cache maintenance. Find them at logwork.com, L-O-G-W-E-R-K. Com. Now, let's welcome Chad Champion, our host, as well. Oh, where's that? There it is. As well. And we're still on that page, too. So become a patron. Check out <laughs> Logwork. And hey, we're just clicking all over the place tonight, but we're having fun. Uh, but welcome, Chad. And thank you guys for everybody in the chat room. Yes. Welcome, everybody, to the July 7th uh, show. Holy so cow. tonight... Yeah. Look who's in the chat room tonight. We got Memphis is in the chat oh, room. Nice. Hope you had a great vacation, Memphis. Looking forward to see you back on the show on Sunday. Yeah. Um, so uh, tonight we're going to cover some uh, basic soldering techniques uh, out there. So um, just to let everybody know that I'll go over what I've learned. But when I learned how to solder was back in 95, I would imagine, I think it is. Yeah, uh, which is quite a bit ago, and I've learned probably a lot of bad habits, my own bad habits from doing that. But uh, I'll uh, I'll go over what I, how I solder, and then uh, you can decide to go from there if you want to use it or figure out your own way. Figure your um, own way. I mean, yeah, we were talking before, and there was a comment that uh, just finding our way says he was the first to burn his fingertips tonight. You know, I find it very rarely do I solder and not burn my hands or burn something. It's, it's, I think it's part of the fun. You got to resist touching the tip of your solder gun. Well, sometimes it just happens <laughs> reaching for something and you bump it or something like that. I mean, I've yeah. got, I've got the tattoo marks from solder guns, several places. So. Yeah. So looks like Dave Wagner <laughs> learned how to solder back in 1979 Wow. <laughs> hey, 79 to 95. Yeah, it should be an update there, Dave. <laughs> yeah. Um, okay, so we will start off with some basics here. Um, okay. Uh, first of all, we'll be, um, let's talk about some solder we're going to use. All right. So when we're soldering um, these, and, and again, this is what I use. You can choose what you want. Um, let's pull up the solder picture there. Okay, so I use a, a, a tin uh, rosin core solder, which is what you want to use with electronics. You want to try and stay away from the acid base or the acid core solders. Um, acid core is more for um, plumbing and stuff like that, and the, and the the rosin core is more for electronics. Okay. Um, now, when you're looking at your solder, um, there is the solder actually has ingredients in it, so it actually has flux, 1.8% flux in it. And okay. the part on that is flux will flow where flux is. Um, so, uh, as long as you don't burn the flux off with overheating it, um, it should flow fairly easy. Um, now you can get it without flux if you want, if you're, if you're, uh, you can actually add a flux, a liquid flux to it, but that's a completely different show. Uh, the diameter I use is the, a point or 0 0.8, 0 0.8 millimeters. Uh, and what that is, is how thick the solder is. So I wouldn't want to solder... Uh, anything too big with this because you just use a lot of solder up, right? This is more right. for electronics, this size. Um, so this is what I use. Okay. Uh, if you're doing old tube systems and stuff like that, you'd probably want to use a thicker solder. All right. Um, so uh, that is about the solder. Um, 
And then the solder gun. Actually, uh, we will just go here. Let's go to the build, I think. All right. Camera. I got it. Build camera. Okay. Um, so I have here, um, we'll kind of go over just some parts of the gun or the solder and some tools before we actually get into soldering. So this is my soldering gun. I don't know what you call it. Um, and uh, on this one here, I have a wet sponge. So it's a damp sponge. It's not wet. It's not soaking wet. Right. Um, I don't know if I could squeeze any water out of it. It's damp. Um, I don't use that as much as uh, when I use this here. This is a, a brass shaving, almost like a Brillo pad. Right. Here, That's, right. I use one of those all the time, too. Yeah. So the nice thing about these is it actually is easier on your tip. Um, when you're putting your tip, when you're using a sponge, um, you're you're cooling down the tip, right? You're changing the temperature really fast, uh, which actually will wear on your tip. So uh, if you're using the brass shavings or the Brillo sponge, whatever you want to call it, um, it's actually better for your tip and your tip will last longer uh, on there. So, um, and then um, the next thing will be some helping hands. Um, I always recommend some helping hands when you're soldering. I should have a photo of it there. Um, this, I took a quick picture here of what I have. Um, this is what I tend to use. This actually, you can use up to six hands on this one. Um, I have it set up for two. Yes, it actually is. There's been many times where it's like, I want to, I need more hands. Yeah, so helping. With sticks on there, it makes you an octopus. Yeah, yeah. Helping hands. I tell you what's the best way. And I used to have one of the old ones with two pins and a little magnifying glass. And, and I... After I bought this, I don't know why I put myself through those. I still that have that thing. the same one that you're talking about. Yeah, <laughs> my son uses that now for when he's doing uh, his uh, models. And then next, I use um, what's called a PCB board holder. Um, That's this one. There you go. And so what this does is this actually holds my PCB boards in place, so I can actually solder them. So I have it's like a helping hands, but for uh, a circuit board. Okay, that's there. really cool. So, yeah. Um, and then um, went over solder, the gun, soldering to, uh, thing, and everything. So I, I'm not going to go over tinning, how to tin a tip. Um, I don't have a Brillo pad to or a, the proper pad to, to do that with. Um, but we'll, we'll show here a, a tin tip. Um, if you can see on the tip here, we can there focus. You see that the tip of it there is shiny, right? And so that's that's a tin tip, and so that's where your solder is going to stick. Okay. Um, a, an untinned tip looks like we have a picture of that, right? This right here. Oh no, that's actually a burnt tip. Oh, that's a burnt tip. Yeah. So. And what would cause the burnt tip? So oxidation. Um, that I. I honestly don't know what caused it. I went to go use it one day, and it was like that. Um, I don't know if I left my gun on for a long time and it just was heating or if I actually stuck it on a wet sponge or something, or if my son used it, but, okay. uh, typically abuse of your tip will, that will, is what will cause that there. So, uh, it oxidized and, and ate itself away. So that's not a good tip. Uh, this here is an untinned tip. Um, and, uh, there's many different types of them, uh, here, but, um, Typically, to tin it, you would just wrap some solder around it, a whole bunch of solder, and then okay. you heat your gun up. <laughs> I said I wasn't going to show how to do it. Um, you can do as much as you want. Heat your gun up; it'll melt off, and then you, and then you, you can either uh, take it off on this pad here and redo it. Start keep re-adding it until you um, actually get a good tin, which is the shiny part. Um, or you can use like a tip tinner um, like this, which is, it looks like a powder, but it's actually kind of a, when you put your hot tip in it, it actually kind of melts. Okay. And so what, what this does is, so a tip tinner, it's pretty much like flux. So flux is what is in that solder is what actually the, the solder will stick to. Right. Um, so um, you can actually use this. Uh, when it, when the tip is warm, put it in there and then, and then go ahead and solder or put some soldering on it and then wipe it off and tin it again until you get the, so the, 
the nice tip of it. Um, but uh, anyways, it's up to you. People do it different ways. Um, you can go on YouTube if you really want to see how different people do it. And there's lots of videos on there. In fact, if you want to learn different ways to solder, YouTube's a great source. Yeah, it's it. the number one search, uh, number two search engine in the world. So yeah, it's, it's yeah. Just I've learned so much during this whole pandemic of thank, new things to do just from YouTube. So, I mean, it's, it's crazy. Yeah. So, um, I want to make sure I'm not forgetting anything. Well, if I do, I'll bring it up along the way. All right. And if you, if there's any questions as we're going through this, uh, go ahead and put those in the chat room and we'd love to hear, hear your comments and talk to you and, and, and answer your questions that you may have about soldering. Yes. Yeah. And if we um, don't have the answer, we might find a place for you on YouTube to find it. Yeah. And remember, I'm not an expert. This is how I do it. Everybody has their own ways of doing it. Um, if you have some a way you do it and you want to mention it, go ahead. Yep. Um, but uh, that's up to you. Um, okay. So I'm going to turn my gun on. Uh, and then when you get your solder, you can look at it. This solder here that I'm using typically melts it. I think it's about three, 370 ish, but your solder will say on it what it melts at the temperature. So, because if you look at the, your solder gun will have a temperature knob on it. Some will be digital, some won't. Um, right. But, and of course your soldering gun heats up really fast too. It does. Um, I actually was, after it heated up though, a bit ago, I tried to solder something and it took probably about another two minutes before it actually, maybe not quite that, before it actually took solder. So oh. looks like it heats up really fast, but not as fast as I'd like to claim it did, does. But anyways, yes, but it does heat up way faster than what I used to use. Okay. Um, so let's see what to cover first. Let's talk about tinning some wire. Yes, because so, I think that's I, one that a lot of people have been asking about as we've been going through um, a lot of different builds lately. Yes, and if I get out of the picture, let me know. Nope, you look, it's you're right in the picture. Okay. So, um, tinning wire. So, let me grab a piece of wire, and we'll just actually go right from the basics. You grab your wire, you strip it. And then hopefully you would know to go ahead and twist the wire on there and strip as much as you want. I just stripped a little bit on this and then um, I'm going to do, make sure my gun is, is warm. Um, you should always keep a little bit of solder on your gun or on your tool, wherever you want to call this thing here. Um, Solder, um, if you leave a little bit on there, um, it actually will heat the uh, the wire up a little bit better because there's less air gap in between the two. Um, so you want to go ahead and add, let's see if we can get that to focus a little bit better. Hmm. Yeah, it's trying to focus a little bit further back behind. Yeah. I wonder if I can, in the middle. Probably should have tried this out before the show. It's all right. Of course, I don't want you soldering like that because that's the way we burn ourselves. Get your <laughs> hand underneath it. <laughs> okay, so I'm going to heat up the wire itself. And then once the wires, I'm going to put the solder on the wire. And it actually should melt right to it once it's heated. Okay, I can do right. this right now. You, you so don't now... want to overheat it. Another technique that, and the one that I use, I'll take a little bit of flux and go ahead and put it on the wire itself when I uh, do it. So it actually sucks it in a little bit more sometimes too. I know that solder has flux in it, but that's also mm -hmm. another technique. You can, yes. Um, you don't want to use, as long as it's not like a plumber's flux. Right. Um, because it has more of an acid in it. But yeah, if you can do, they sell flux in a like a pen cap tube type. Okay. thing that actually you can put on there and those are usually used for soldering on a flat board so if you see this now that now that wire is solid right that was once stranded on there and so that's all tin properly tin now um 
And some people recommend cutting the very tip of it off, but I don't have too much on there at all that I don't see why you would need to. Right. So if you, you can uh, tin another one. Let's see if I can get the same color. Actually, I guess before I go too far. So what we were talking about, one of the reasons why we tin it is because when we do our builds, we like to add the spade bits and everything to the uh, wire. And right. when we have the uh, <clears throat> um, stranded wire, it's tough to have it stick to it, uh, you know, or crimp to it. So now you have a solid piece of wire. And you can actually, and this one would be harder because it is has that plastic on there. You can actually heat this up and actually solder the wire to the to the spade bit as well, um, or you can just crimp it. It's up to you. I've done it both ways. Right, I have too, and I've also, without even crimping it, have dropped in just a little bit of solder inside there too, and just kind of sealed it up a little bit too. Yeah. And usually if I end up soldering to the bit itself, I this ends up coming off and I'll solder to it and then I'll just go ahead and put a piece of heat shrink over it to replace it. But now that you have this, we'll just do it, show it this way here real quick. Now that that's solid and that's not going to go anywhere on there. So it's a much right. better than uh, crimping to uh, some... Um, <laughs> stranded wire right now the other one that we talk we keep talking about is on the leds about tinning those tips because they're so thin yeah well you'd tin them the same way which they tin a lot faster um and you'd actually be able to tin like the negative you'd be able to tin them all together and then run one wire off of there um or hook them to a the spade but it's up to you um let me see if i have led wire here I know that's been a conversation that's come up quite a bit as we've been doing the different bills with the LEDs that they're so hard to to put a, a spade bit or or any of those type bits together to it because those wires are so thin. Yeah. <laughs> Dave said any new bit, new tip. So and this is the LED wire here, which is right. probably a bit too much on there. Yeah, because I know Dave uh, solders quite a bit on his. Yeah. Well, I'm so, glad. Thank you, Dan. I'm glad this is informative for you. Dan, a truck and Miller, uh, the truck. Uh, does it really do a lot of does knows nothing about soldering? This is really informative, so but yeah, so but Dan, you've got is, some really cool caches though, too. <laughs> so, this is the tinned um wire for the uh LED that we use versus here, let's see if we can do that versus a non tinned wire. Right. So, this will be a lot easier to put inside uh some wire nuts or to solder to a component or anything. And typically what I would do with these is, is solder them to a PCB board or, or something. So, um, which we can go over, you can solder them together and then put a heat shrink tube on it. Um, you know, whatever you want. And we can go over that uh, a little bit here. Okay. Um, in a bit. So that's how I tin the tips of them. Now, if you're trying to connect some wires together, um, What I do is strip the wire. I want to go a little bit more than that. Tricassius uh, is saying um, everything needs to be clean. Flux helps a bunch. Yeah. Yes, flux does. So some people will take their wire here after they do it. So if you're trying to put two pieces of wire together, you can either tin the tips and use a crimper right with one of these uh cup the the connector right here the butt the butt connectors sorry my focus um or you can go ahead and splice them together or solder them together which will be stronger some people there's different ways some people will will go ahead and and twist the ends 
and then twist them around each other. Um, uh, there's lots of different ways, and you can decide how you want to do it. Uh, one way to do it is to actually put the put the wires together and lace it, and yeah, then I... twist it. And then if you solder it, together, this tip's probably really small. This is the tip I use for my small soldering, so I probably should use a bigger tip. Oh, you got off of the... Uh... Oh. There you go. Let's see. I'm not a professional solderer, so we'll see. <laughs> So what you, the technique that you're using is that you're putting the uh, the soldering iron actually underneath the wire and putting the solder on top of the wire. Yeah, right. Because you want to heat the wire up and then solder will melt to the wire. I think right. the tip is just way too small. I don't think I ever really ever tin this size wire. <laughs> Not with this gun. I really mainly go to PCB boards, which is what this tip is. Anyway. <laughs> <laughs> and of course, we can't change that tip out because it's hot. Yeah. <laughs> I have my other soldering gun over there that I use for bigger stuff, but we actually had to burn a hole through some RC car bodies, and I used that tip for that. The only tip I had, I need to order a new one. Oh, okay. But I think huh. that's really great. Well, anyway. But that's that's the technique that, that you do. <laughs> yeah. I need to get a bigger tip to do that. Maybe we'll come back. I'll let it cool down and come back. But anyways, if you solder that, we'll pretend it's soldered. That was terrible. <laughs> Should have tried this before. Um, if it was soldered, then you'd have a good mechanical connection because it's all twisted together. Right. Um, some people will actually twist them in several different directions and back again, which gives you a great mechanical connection Right. on it. Um, and then you would want to either use black tape if you really want to or use one of these shrink tubes here. I don't know if I can pull that camera closer to focus it. Oh, it had it. Then yeah, <laughs> it's still it's trying to focus on the bottom of your table. Yeah, it's not it's recognizing. It's a bigger, it's a bigger area, which is fine. All right, um, and then uh, just use your heat gun. You can use uh, uh, lighter, whatever you want, to go ahead and heat it and shrink the tape uh, or the tube down. Then I'll have this set too high. There it focused. Did that yeah, your so, focus? Nice. Yep. <laughs> Finally did. Of course, <laughs> Dave dance. said time to turn up the temp. I did and... turn it up actually. I don't know if you guys heard me beeping it. And then Dan says, uh, the failure helps us understand how this really works. Yeah. Yeah, it does. I mean, it's sometimes you think it's going to happen really fast, and sometimes it doesn't. It's just the way way it happens. Now, I like that technique that you just did there with the shrink shrink wrap, uh, shrink shield, or whatever you, it's called. but Because that works really nice, and it even locks it in a lot better. Because if that for some reason, if the solder breaks, it's still keeping that connection. Right. So, um, right. And then it's, it should be fairly watertight or weather, weatherproof a bit, but yes, it's, it's a good way to go. You're not going to have any wires touch each other and anything right. like that. So that's how that is. I'll go back to it at some point and see, I'll turn the temperature up. Um, so anyways, that's how you can splice some wires together. Um, some tinning, all that stuff. So, um, anyway, uh, we can go on to doing some 
soldering on some PCB boards. We'll talk about those a little bit. Right. This is this is what I actually like to use. I like to do the PCB boards soldering. So um, talk about the boards themselves here real quick. Um, it looks like my camera went way far away now. <laughs> okay. Um, so there's several different types. You have a, a standard PCB board here that doesn't have it's just a standard board right so you have the right. area screw that the solder will take you put your your uh different components through those holes there um and you can connect them on the back side kind of like i used to do here so this is one that i made up okay at one point right and so this actually has a connector on it here for the arduino to hook to um and then the, it's all soldered through here but since Nothing's connected. You kind of got to run the, the line through, and this looks really, really bad. This is, I pulled this out of my stuff from a couple of years ago. But you have to have everything connect. It's kind of a little bit harder to, to see there. But anyways, and then um, I have a potentiometer here that obviously I must have had a screen, LED screen uh, connected to it. But these here, I put these on here because the Arduino board will actually fit right into here. Right, and, and that's so the Nano change. Arduino. Yeah, the Nano. Um, and so it, you don't, if something happens to your board, you can replace it easy enough versus if you took it and you soldered it right to the PCB board here like right. this. If something happened, it's low profile, which is nice, but if something happened, you would have to, you have to end replace up the whole board. replacing, yeah, unsoldering it or, or something, so um that's how that one works and then what i use now is this type of pcb board here there it's more of like a soldering breadboard okay um so you actually have your your plus and your minus for your voltage right right you do uh on each side and then here you can see it's numbered and lettered if you flip it over well that one's not easy enough to see it on let's go to a green one for this one here everything's connected in that line so when I soldered in these here parts for the Arduino, I just have to solder into these right Let's above it here. I have a couple extra holes. Oops. Right. And that whole line, um, when you solder that in, that whole line yeah. is connected to that one pin. So this whole line is connected to that one pin, yes. So you don't have to do all that extra connections on the back um, oh, that's of great. it. And then the Arduino just pops right in here, which looks backwards. And then another thing I like to use is this is where my power would go in for my battery. Um, okay. So I actually end up like using these um, here to actually, so you can actually just screw in your right. your power cable, your wires or anything like that, uh, and then run those into the to the board itself. So and these come in different styles and or amounts too as well, um, as far as how many uh, amounts there are to them. So. Anyway, and you would just solder one of those directly to the board itself, one of the power no, this, mounts. This has the same thing, right? Because I don't right. Wanna... No, I was talking about the power part of it. Oh yeah, that'll go right to the board there. Okay. Um, on that, so it's a terminal um, connector. So, um, and then these come in. You can see here; these come in many different sizes. So this is connected as well through there. You just can't see it as easy on the back. It's a different brand. So different styles, and then you can get some that are actually are made for a specific board um, on it already. So everything's already hooked up and, and ran for you. So okay. it's actually kind of fun. Um, so what we can do here is I will grab... a board here and grab my holder. If you could slide it just a little bit to your right. Oh, yeah. There you go. There we go. Oh, focus too, it looks like. Yeah, it's it's a bigger base now, so it wants to focus yeah, on it. Good. So that works out really nice. Um, And let's see, what should we solder to it? We'll solder some connectors to it here. So one thing I do when I do this, so this is obviously, this is a male connector versus a female connector on okay. here. 
um, these just go right in here. So you can actually hook the, you can actually solder these to another board if you want to. Um, but uh, I'm gonna do the mail. Put them on here, and then I'm sure people have different ways of holding it on there while they solder. Um, I am just gonna use a small piece of tape. Okay, yeah, that works. Just to keep it tight up there. Um, but if someone has their own way, they could tell us about it. So now you can, I don't know if you can see it. You can, there, see, you the, can see it that way when you had Yeah, you can see them, them there. Um, in fact, I wonder if I can turn it so I can see it. <laughs> there we go. Yeah, it's, it's very, you can kind of see the shiny part as you've turned it, but that's, there we go. that's part of it. All right. I'm trying to do this without my magnifying glass. <laughs> yeah, magnifying glasses make it really easy or a lot easier. Yeah. So what I'm going to try and do is, so we want the solder to go ahead and stick here to the hole that's around the peg there, uh, the connector. And um, so what I'm going to do is solder, heat up above it, and then run my solder from the bottom, and it should fill that in. It should. In theory. So I'm put a little bit of solder on my tip. And once again, you put the solder on the tip so this it heats up actually a little bit faster. It's it's kind of crazy how that works. I can't see at all. Getting old. So it should heat that up, and it should flow right in there. At least I say that. If it doesn't work, then I quit. <laughs> <laughs> we'll move straight to the question. I do it all the time. It. Yeah. <laughs> I do this all the time, and I don't have ever, I don't ever have any issues with it. So, do you, when you do like like this, would you solder like one side and then the next side, and then go back work back to the middle, kind of hold it in place? Yeah, so what I do is a piece of solder. If you overheat your solder, the it'll boil the flex off. Right. That I mean, I should have done that. I had flex a new piece of solder going in. A second. <laughs> this is funny. This is why I shouldn't show people how to solder. I mean, you asked me beforehand if I was going to solder anything tonight, and I said, no, I, I, I didn't want to burn myself, but you have the build cam set up. I don't have the build, a build yeah. cam set up for here. So, yeah, what just kind of. That is the weirdest thing. Yeah, I mean, it's part of Murphy's law when something can go wrong is going to go wrong especially when we're trying to show somebody how to do this but yeah it's what you would do is come back through those pins and just kind of okay I'm going I'm to, we gotta do it I wonder if I burn my I wonder if I turn my temperature up too much and I'm just burning the solder straight up yeah so what would the temperature be that you should be doing at this point um well that the solder is supposed to melt it. I believe it was 370 is what it's recommended. Um, okay. And uh, Fahrenheit. Um, but my machine, um, typically I do everything around 450 uh, on it. And I've never had any issues with it. So until today, <laughs> this is it. Crazy day. Yeah. So now it looks like that's... it's now it looks like it's doing it. So the temperature yeah. was maybe too high or uh Tricasius and DJW House says sometimes and you don't realize this that the tip can be loose or has gone bad as you've been soldering and it will cause the same same problem. And it's of course when it's hot it's hard to tighten that tip unless you have like a pair of pliers that you can put on it real quick. But you got to be very yeah. careful so you don't chip yeah, it. I don't think it's too hot. 
Well, I mean, I think the thing might be warm. I'm going to put it on the wet sponge for a second. Retint some more solder on the tip. Give that a try and we'll see. Yeah, there's something. I wonder if it's this board. Yeah, Dave I was saying these normally, boards for a long time. Dave is saying it normally takes about just a second on uh, yeah. and then done. Well, uh, I know so. I do boards all the time, which is yeah. kind of crazy. And then also Dave was just saying, uh, when you kind of confirm what you just said, it might be the board. Can be an old board, copper uh, oxidation on the board yeah. itself. Grab, you know what? So these are some of the setbacks sometimes when you come into soldering that you'll you'll run into. So as we go through the build tonight or go through this lesson, you'll actually see some of the mistakes or and some of the headaches so that you can know how to fix this when you when you start soldering. Because it happens to the best of us. <laughs> yeah, it just happens when you're doing a podcast. <laughs> <laughs> well, like I said, Murphy's Law. Because, <laughs> I mean, it's melting pretty quick. It's melting on the tip real quick. It looks like it's doing better now. It's working now. It just is going really slow. So, yeah, it must have been that other board that was having the issue. Yeah, let me come to this other side. So, typically, I do one side and then the other, and then I don't have to worry about something holding it. Right. As uh, Tricasius just said, no project goes as planned. I mean, we plan for them to go well, but you're right. They generally don't go the way that we planned. I got to put my magnifying glass on. <laughs> I can't. I can't even see what it's doing. No worries. So, like I said, all of us have, that have done solder has run into some issues when when soldering, and there's a bunch of different techniques. I know I've soldered um, microphone cables before, and that's yeah. that's a whole nother type of soldering that you got to do too. So that's, yeah. So yeah, very uh, very wise saying that Tricashi just shared. Old saying: the man who makes no mistakes does not usually make anything. <laughs> so evidently, a lot of us that make a lot of stuff do make a lot of mistakes. So. Yeah. So. Uh, DJW House was saying, if the copper is a bit old or the wire is a bit old, you can refresh it with a very light sanding uh, to get to get it ready for solder. So there's another little tip. So, and then, of course, then April saying, this looks so easy, but not so much. <laughs> It's not hard when you're not doing it in front of everybody. Right. Yeah, I know. Because, I mean, it's always harder when somebody's watching and there's a lot of people watching. So, but yeah, that's just, it's just one of the techniques that it takes practice to do. And I see when how your fingers are right there. That's when the solder starts getting a little warm in my hands. Mm. <laughs> So I'm just now, I have my magnifying glass. I can actually see if the solder took into the hole. And so I'm just going back and fixing where I couldn't see it before. Right. That's it. There we go. All right. Now that works much better. So I don't know if you can see. Yeah. Oh, it's soldered there. 
um, on there. You can take this off, and that's on there solid. It's not going. And it doesn't anywhere. take a lot. It doesn't take much at all. Because you have to be and, careful that a lot of times that you, if you put too much solder, you're going to connect too much, too many ports or holes, and it's you're going to cause a short. In yeah. Some aspect. Yeah. So you want to keep it clean and away from the other circles. I don't know if we can get that. Yeah, it's trying to focus. Probably not. There it there is. We go. So all the different circles, you don't want them touching, obviously, because then you'll create a short. Right. Um, so anyway, so that's how you solder those. Uh, if you do something like this in there, same thing. These are easier to solder because they're easier to see on there. And they just pop in wherever you want to do. Um, right. Resistors. So once again, your technique is that you put your soldering gun underneath the the pin or the wire and you put the solder on top so you're heating up the pin and it kind of will suck it down into it itself correct um turn this light off um let's see what else was i going to cover one thing i was going to say is something i use on my pcb boards a lot too are these pre made wires um these are for breadboards a lot okay um but since they're already pre-made and bent um already done um sometimes that's really easy to use uh for your pcb boards right just um, making it as a short little jumper yeah exactly and it comes in all kinds of different sizes so um uh let's see what else is there and i think that's so Dave has a question. Uh, will we touch on solder uh, remove later? How to remove solder if you need oh, to? Oh, so there's a couple different ways to remove it. Um, well, you got to obviously heat the solder, right? Up, and then you got to get the solder out of there. Um, which I guess is a good point to cover if you're soldering, because more than likely you might mess something up or do something wrong. Uh, so one thing I have is this little suction tube here. A solder uh, sucker. Yeah. And so you just push down on it and you push the button and it creates a suction and sucks the solder up inside. So if you have it on a board, and boy, do I dare to try this live. <laughs> you can put your gun on there and this, and then once it melts, you just hit the button and it will suck the solder up uh, on there. Um, you can also use your heat gun to also keep it cool as well. Right. And some of the heat guns on the rework stations actually have a, a vacuum system on them. So it's actually all does it as one. So I guess if we want to do this, we heat it up and then we suck it out. And then it looks like it pulled the solder away. But we'll see, did I turn my gun off? Yeah, and Dave is saying that he loves to recommend solder wick with flux in it. Yeah. So, I don't know if you can see that at all, but you see yeah, how that, you see can that see hole? A so that pulled the solder out from around that pin. And so you can actually now remove that pin. And that was just by heating it up and then sucking it out with the, with the tool. Um, some people use the heat gun if you get it warm enough and it will actually keep it um, uh, liquidy so you can actually get it out. But again, that's it's however you want to do it. I I don't want to teach you all my bad habits at doing it. So <laughs> and yeah, then I know machines that if you want to spend the money, you can get some pretty fancy machines to do that there. Oh, yeah. With money, you can get a lot of different stuff. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah, if you didn't have water, solder with flux in it, then you'd have to pre-flux your, your board. So, um, yeah. So, like I said, this has, and you can get them with different ones, different amounts. This only has uh, point or 1.8% of flux inside the mix. So, right. Um, in it. But you can get all kinds of different ones that you want. So, um Excellent. Any questions at all? I haven't seen. We've pretty much been keeping up with them in the chat room. 
Um, thanks to Dave Wagner, DJW House, for some of the input, uh, Tricassius, everybody that's been uh, throwing uh, different comments into the chat room. Really appreciate it. Um, if there's any questions that you guys have or um, would like to know, let's go ahead and put them in the chat, and we'll see um, if we can answer them. So I'm trying to think of yeah. some other questions that we've we've had, and I think pretty much a lot of it has been covered on a lot of the different techniques that we're going to be using on some builds that are going to be coming up that we've talked about. Yeah. So... Well, let's get yeah, into I, some of the uh, question and answering. So yeah, I guess one of my questions for you, Chad, is what is the fa your most favorite type of gadget cache build that you've done? That I've made myself? Yes. And we have not talked about these questions, so this is all spur of the moment kind of yeah, stuff. Yeah. <laughs> Um, I like all of them at first, you know, and then I do them and I'm like, Oh, I can make it better. Just like I think right. most people, um, I think my favorite one is the one in the loading dock. Um, that looks like a commercial industrial pump system. Okay. Um, and, uh, it, I think that's the best. In fact, most of the time I get, I have my phone number on my caches and I get people that always text me or call me because no one wants to touch it, right? They're, oh, I think your cache is missing is what they get, is what I usually get. And I'm like, no, it's, right. it's there. It's it's three feet by three feet. You're not going to miss it. So, right. um, but uh, yeah, it looks it looks pretty good. Um, but um, I mean, that's my favorite cache. My favorite ones to make are obviously Arduino-based. I, I think the puzzles that you can create with them and the experience you can create uh, – is uh, how you say it? it's not funner that's right it's not the right way to say it but no the experience to me is is uh it, it creates a better experience i think for the cashier the arduino based ones just because i what i can do with the arduino uh or what anybody could do with arduino uh uh makes it makes it nice makes it fun right and i know um, we've we've talked about different caches and different containers um your favorite is to put them into an ammo can for Mine? the most part. Yeah. No, I've never placed an ammo can. So I, well, okay. I do, so, okay. I do them for the podcast because that's what most cashers would okay. put them out at. Uh, but I've never placed an ammo can. Um, all my stuff are on typically on buildings or on commercial properties. So they look industrial. Okay. So more so, like an like electrical panel or something like that. Electrical panels. That's typically what I use is, is something like that. Yeah. Yeah. But okay. the ammo cans are for the show because that's, you know, 90% of the people out there is probably going to be hiding ammo cans. Right. Something like that. Maybe maybe that's too high of a number. But, um, yeah, most people will probably hide an ammo can. Right. I mean, I've, I do a lot of birdhouses, but I've also really like doing the ammo cans um, as well, because with being in a new area, I haven't really found a lot of businesses that I can really put, um, caches out at. So being able to go down a trail and create a, a, a smart cache or a gadget cache and an ammo can, I have found that's been a lot easier to do. Um, of course the ammo cans that I've build, been building on my, uh, my channel, uh, those haven't been made it out yet because I'm still working out a few little bugs here and there, but they're, they're about ready to go out because I'm. I need to get them out of my garage. So. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah, I'm sure. So Trikashi yeah, says uh, he's looking forward to learning more on Arduino, and we are getting into that. Yeah, in fact, our show um, next uh, month, twenty eighth, end of the month, twenty eighth, uh, will be on uh, kind of introduction to our Arduino, and uh, right. we'll obviously have our our. I think our uh technical advisor uh djw house on to kind of go over yeah. that because i know enough to, that i know i shouldn't probably talk about them uh <laughs> so <laughs> uh and, and djw house has done some awesome gadgets i mean i've seen a lot of them on different youtube channels and uh talked to them personally and it's just i'm excited to have 
DJW House on the on the show on the end of this month and get into more of these Arduinos too. So that's I'm wanting to get into a lot more Arduinos and as well get into those smart caches. Yeah, and some Arduino ammo cans are really fun ones. I think that would be great for people to put out uh, there. And you know the the biggest thing on Arduino, um, like on the boards, is knowing what you need. I use a lot of nanos, and that's plenty for what I do. Um, but you know, the biggest thing I think is inputs and outputs, how many you right. need, uh, is one of the biggest things, uh, on them. And then, you know, you can go when you get into the higher ones, the megas or the duos, um, they offer a few other, uh, a little more power for processing, uh, I believe. So you can actually do a few other things with them. But, uh, to me, the biggest thing is the inputs and outputs. So, and then you, you know, you need so many digital and so many, um, analog inputs and outputs so and, and dave's right. better at that you know i know what they do and how to code them for most for most of it but right. uh, you can actually say exactly what they uh what they do so here's here's a question uh dan truck and truck and miller also known as the truck is asking if, if we went over the different types of soldering guns and and a high-end and economic version for beginners um i personally I have a, I don't know if I got it on sale for 20 bucks or if I bought it for 25 bucks, something like that uh, over here. And I actually like it. I think it's a, it takes forever to heat up, but once it's heated up, I actually like it. I think it's a good gun. Right. Um, I just recently purchased one, a new one, because I burned my other one up or it was actually, I got it at a hobby store and it was a soldering iron, a wood burner, uh, you can put a hot knife on it and do that, do different aspects of it. But to, when you get something that does multiple different things, a lot of times it's not going to do any of them great. So I got a, it was like $45, I think, and I got it off of Amazon. And it is, it came with a couple of helping hands on it. It came with a little place where your solder can sit on it as well. And it will heat up to melting temp. It says in like six, seven seconds. And I've watched six or seven seconds, not 67 seconds, but six or seven seconds. And I've watched the, it's got digital gauge and I watched it go right up and has an auto shut off function on it as well. So that I thought that was a really good one. Um, I don't remember the, uh, the brand of it and I should have brought it upstairs with me when I came up tonight. But um, I really like that one. I've used it a few times um, and I cannot wait to get to use it more. <laughs> yeah. So those are Go ahead. Um, I was to say you can um, depend on what you want to spend. Um, you can you, you can get some for several hundred dollars, um, but I don't know if you really need that. It depends on what you're what you're doing. I think you got to figure out what your needs are. Um, right. For me, that the twenty dollar one that I had, you know, waiting the five minutes or whatever it took for it to heat up is really not that big of a deal. Um, the gun works fine. Versus the one I have now, this one's just. I think it's just over a hundred or something like that, which is not a real expensive one, but I wanted the heat gun in it as well. And then also um, be able to check voltage and stuff, right. To run the power. Right. So, um, so anyways, yeah, I wanted to have all that. So I upgraded to this one here. So, but right. have you ever had any experience with like the butane uh, soldering guns? Have you ever no, with one of those? I haven't, but you know, this week at work, we were doing some, some work and I actually wanted Milwaukee has a a cordless one soldering right. gun and I almost bought it. I thought, man, that should be good. Work can pay <laughs> for it. Work needs one of these. <laughs> so, but I didn't buy it. But that's the only I haven't done any butane. But they're great. So if you're you know you can use that out if you're out if you have a geocache right and you're out middle of nowhere where you can't plug in a soldering gun and you need to fix something you can do it right there on on site. Uh, to fix it right if right. something comes undone so same with the wireless like the milwaukee right because i know that would be very handy if you have like one of these smart caches out in the wild and you, you, a lot of times it is easier to fix it on site than it is to take down because it's usually the you won't have to deactivate it as long if you have to deactivate it at all yeah so In en engineering 42 uh says uh, tinker card free for a section to let you uh, simulate Arduino programming and wiring and hardware. You can program in a graphical language and then see the regular Arduino code generate for you. 
I've never. That's great. I've. I'm gonna have to write that down. Tinker card. Um, Tinker. Uh, yeah. <laughs> Tinker Tinkercad. Tinkercad. Yeah. Tinkercad is really good, actually. My son uses that uh, for 3D printing to design some 3D printing on, as okay. well. So, um, yeah, that's that's really good. I haven't tried it for there, do we know? But that'd be that'd be great. I know there's another program that people use as well that does that. Uh, but I tried it, and it took me longer to try and get everything hooked up and have all the wires go to the right places that it wasn't worth it. So I have to try this Tinkercad. Yeah, I'm gonna have to go. Go find it and uh, we'll check it out. And especially before the show coming up at the end of the month, before we talk to Dave. Yeah, yeah, that'd be uh, that'd be a good one. Um, and uh, you know, when we uh, go over this Arduino stuff, you know, a good place, Thingiverse, uh, or uh, I'm trying to think of the the exact names of them. I don't think Thingiverse is the right one. Um, I think that's more many for 3D printing, but right. Um, uh, geez, I see these things all the time. I get my emails from, but there's there's several different sites out there. You can actually go on there and actually Google geocaches, you know, with Arduino. Um, Simon says you can actually pull the code down right there. Um, you know, sometimes it's not worth you know reinventing the wheel on some of these. It's already no. done, and then you can just change parts of it uh, to make it work for you. Right. Now, when you're doing a lot of your Arduino caches, do you have like a standard code that you use just about all the time and just kind of modify it? Uh, I do for my uh, keypad ones, for the crack the codes, all that. Um, it's just the, the keypad. I don't have one here. With a screen, LCD screen. So they're all right. the same, and then I just change the puzzle that's inside there. Um, okay. they, I have them all coded that already have a latch in it, so it'll activate a latch. Um, you don't have to use it, but it has that option. It has uh, options for LEDs to look, turn on and off. Um, so, yeah, I just use that, and then I can modify it from there. <laughs> Sorry. Just finding your way says, I thought you sent your code request to Dave. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Dave has done a few for me, and Dave does yep. a great job. Yeah, he does. Yep. Yep. Uh, um, but, you know, when I first started making – or using Arduino and making caches that way. It was um, YouTube um, or some of those online um, stores or, you know, places to find them uh, and then just kind of mess with it and figure it out from there. Right. And I know we're part of several groups on, on Facebook that cashers are, we're looking out to helping each other to create, make, make caches better and do different things. So find some of these Facebook groups, gadget cache builders, and um, and just ask if you want. Most of them are not in your area anyway, so it's not going to matter if they're similar. I mean, that's what we try and do on this on this channel as well. So I mean, it's just a let's just make the game better and make some more creative caches and make it more fun for everyone. Yeah, and the one that I use for my um, my crack the codes and stuff. If someone wants that, I can send them the code. It's yeah, nothing send it special. To me. <laughs> yeah, it, it isn't anything special. So it's, it's pretty simple. Um, you know, I have several several different ones that I'm willing to share. There's only one that I don't share. So, but right. uh, yeah. Well, and that crack the code, um, that was, I've used that one. And I actually, all I had to do is go in and change one line to a completely different puzzle. And then I put another panel up in front of it and it's a completely different puzzle. So I can have multiple ones uh, or the same one going to different events, even on the same day and change it up. So it's not even the same one as the same people are at those, that event. So it's, it's, yeah. it's really great. It's real easy to change. And you know, that's what I like using them for. People see a lot of my, my puzzle boxes that I, that I make and they either can be a lab cache for an event, but they all have trackable numbers on them. So if they're, if you see them at an event and it's not a lab cache, all they are is they're actually puzzle boxes, so you can discover the box if you sol solve the puzzle. Right. Uh, so that's says always the coding. Trikashi says, the coding is what scares me. I'm there with you. It scares me, yeah. too. And Dave says that, too. So it, it scares <laughs> all of us. <laughs> There's but, been times where I've shut my computer and be like, forget it. I'm done. <laughs> so, yeah, I've been there. <laughs> then I have to send it over to Dave. No, I, have, I don't think I've done that with Dave yet, so... I haven't known Dave that long, so um, but uh, I will if I ever get to that point. Uh, yeah. He's done a few things for me though that that 
he does a great job. So, and if he's yeah. willing to help, um, you know, I mean, it's one of those things when you ask people for help, I wouldn't expect for them. Don't expect for them to do the whole thing for you. No, right? try, try and send them something that maybe you is not working. The code's not compiling or something and see if they, they have a thing, but don't, I've had people ask me to, to program something for them from the beginning. And, and first of all, I'm not a programmer. So uh, that I can't do that, but it's also, it takes a lot of time. It takes a long time. You got to build it. You have to test it. You know, there's a lot to it. So, right. And even though it may be that you may be trying almost doing the same build the second time, it usually doesn't come out the same way the first time. Yeah. So, yeah. but well, Perfect. Chad, I think we have covered a whole bunch of stuff. We had the soldering tips. We had a little bit of Q and a in here. Um, and some failure and failure. Hey, but you know what? We learn from our mistakes or, and we learn from failure. I mean, if you don't fail, do you, sometimes do we really succeed at the same time? So it just makes it even better. So yeah. and everybody got to see, this is some issues that you may run into. So, Hey, you know, maybe we planned it. Maybe we didn't. Will you know, don't know. Yeah. <laughs> so, but, um, so this this month do we we really don't have like a build that we're all going to be really doing. It's going to be more of a just covering the Arduinos with Dave at the end of the month. Yeah, that's what I was going to talk about. So the next couple shows, um, we typically do a build show once a month, um, but because we're we're wanting to progress into some more Arduino based type of stuff. Uh, I know we've been talking about tinning wires. So that's kind of way we did it. We're actually going to skip a build here for the next month, and then we'll get back into it um end august. of august yeah end of august we should have something so uh so the next show obviously will be the 28th will be Correct. uh like we talked about will be uh djw house will come on and he'll talk about uh the basics uh of arduino um and uh kind of introduction to arduino uh then after that we'll have uh, another cacher on a great cash creator um that will come on and he will uh Kind of go over what he makes so he makes a lot of stuff he molds it so fake rocks fake stumps paints them does yeah. everything they look amazing it, it looks uh, great yeah he'll come on and he will uh be showing that on uh the next show after uh the 28th which i don't have that date in front of me i probably should have had that uh and then we'll go and do the build at the end of uh august okay if you guys have any questions send us an email at gadget talk podcast at gmail.com would love to hear from you you have any ideas of some future builds uh, would love to hear from you on that or if you are a gadget as i call him a gadgeteer um, and you want to share ideas hey give us a send us a drop us a line you can also find us on facebook uh, instagram and uh, for chat uh, to find chad on instagram you can find him at bounce bounce eight instagram uh, if you want to find me um, i don't have mine on the banner but you can find me at behind the cash uh, on Instagram, Facebook, and all that as well. And so, YouTube, right? And YouTube, yep. Behind the cash, uh, youtube.com backslash uh, behind the cash. You'll, you can find the channel on there as well. So, and I am on my channel, just kind of a shameless plug here. I'm talking to Olaf from Germany, who has done a lot of different smart caches. And I know we've talked about a little bit about some reverse caching before, a reverse cache, and just kind of a preview for this week's. Uh, behind the cache is we talk about a reverse cache and some of the issues that Olaf had with it. So, and then also some other podcasts that are coming up that we are releasing here from the geocache talk network tomorrow, geocaching with kids comes out. And then once again on Sunday, normal time with Gary and Jesse is the standard uh, geocache talk, not gadget talk. We do gadget talk, not Gary, Jesse and Gary, uh, but the geocache talk, uh, we'll be there, and they are going to be talking about cache maintenance. So some really great podcasts coming up. Uh, so in the uh, just to remind you that the Geocaching with Kids tomorrow is an audio only, so it's not there's no video to it. So you can find that on your podcaster. Right. Catcher. So uh, just every if you like the show, make sure you click the like button. I don't know if you yep. went over that or not. Um, and uh, again, if you want to become a patron, you can go to the Geocache Talk dot com site and uh become a patron on there right so well chad i think that's all of all of it for tonight any final words 
No, uh, you know, get out there and, uh, you know, I taught you probably some bad uh, habits on soldering, <laughs> but <laughs> get out there, get a soldering gun and give it a try. And I think you have to start somewhere, right? So, right. And it just takes uh, practice. The more you do it, the more comfortable you'll get with it and, you know, become easy. So, yep. Yeah. All right, guys. Thanks for joining us. And we will see you on the 28th with Dave Wagner. All right. Great. Thanks, everybody. Good night. Bye.